Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. This is Chris Gundy of the Catholic Review. Today on Catholic Baltimore, we're talking with Archbishop William Laurie about the Convocation of Catholic Leaders being held in Orlando, Florida, July 1st through 4th. We got a chance to talk to the Archbishop shortly before he left for the Convocation, which is the first gathering of its kind, bringing together 3,000 leaders from dioceses and organizations around the country to discuss the joy of the gospel in America. Welcome to the show, Archbishop. Thank you very much, Chris. Very nice to be here today. Good. So the plan from the time the bishops first conceived this a couple of years ago was really to bring Catholic leaders from all around the country to closely examine and try to figure out just exactly how to best live out Pope Francis's call for all Catholics to be missionary disciples in today's world, as it was expressed in his encyclical, Evangelii Gaudium, The Joy of the Gospel. From your perspective then, why is this convocation so important for that process? Well, first of all, it is historic. It's not uh, completely true to say that there's nothing like this that ever happened before because Cardinal Gibbons um, had a, a much smaller assembly Uh, back at the turn of the last century at the Catholic University of America, including not only uh, clergy leaders, but also lay leaders. Mm -hmm. So he kind of was, he was in fact very far ahead of his time. But the bishops have made, bringing things up to our own time, the bishops have made evangelization the foundational priority of our efforts. Uh, to serve the church in the United States. And um, we felt some years ago uh, that having a major convocation, uh, bringing together Catholic leadership from all over the country, um, would be a wonderful, grace-filled opportunity uh, to reflect on Pope Francis's vision for evangelization um, especially as expressed in Evangelium, uh, uh, Evangelii Gaudium, as you exp- the joy of the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, and really to have a chance not simply to come and listen to lectures and presentations, but to come together to encounter one another, to learn from one another, to pray together, and also to take into account Uh, a lot of excellent research that has been done uh, about uh, Catholicism in the United States, about ways to evangelize that seem to be very effective, uh, and about the way people hear things, take in information, and respond to it. Mm -hmm. And so it really is an unprecedented gathering, and it's also an opportunity for us uh, to take a giant step toward getting on the same page. That's a great, great point. Now, you're bringing a delegation of about 20 people from the Archdiocese of Baltimore, mm-hmm. obviously yourself and our auxiliary bishops. What other kinds of people are you bringing with, and how will this help them in their ministry? 
Well, it's a great mix. Um, we have about 20 people, as you indicate. Uh, some are clergy. Uh, some are diocesan uh, leaders, um, such as John Romanowski, who heads the Department of Evangelization. And some are in parishes. Some are parish leaders. Uh, some are um, in the middle of their life and ministry. Some are young and starting out. It represents as well something of the um, ethnic and racial diversity of our archdiocese. Mm -hmm. So it's meant to be not just a gathering for top-down leadership, but for leadership at all levels of the church. Mm -hmm. And it's an attempt for us to cross all those lines, to encounter one another, to use Pope Francis's mm -hmm. term, to develop a culture of encounter um, and to really um, concentrate with our mind and our heart on praying for evangelization, for um, understanding it better, and for learning how best to do it when we get home. Mm -hmm. Now, you made the point that it's not just going to be listening to lectures. As I understand it, there are, there are going to be a lot of small group discussions where you kind of break things apart and mm -hmm. figure out just exactly how do we do this. Is, are you looking forward to that kind of exchange? I am. It's really a wonderful thing. It's, um, there will be plenary sessions, and the, uh, those who are delivering the plenary talks are truly the stars of the church in the United mm -hmm. States, no doubt about it. Um, but those are not going to be lengthy talks mm -hmm. because following each of them, there will be breakout sessions um, led uh, by a bishop, uh, but really actually conducted by an expert in the particular area or subject matter for the breakout session. Mm -hmm. Also, there will be a panel, and these workshops, these breakout sessions, will be 90 minutes in length. And there will be a good chunk of time to get some things done. And, and again, none of us, I'm leading one of them, none of us will be talking a long time. I'll talk five or 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, our job is to tee it up, right. our job is to set the table. Uh, but what we're really seeking is for people to under to express why they're passionate about the subject at hand, uh, to understand it, uh, to be able to begin to make judgments about what is effective, what is not, what is of the gospel, what is not, what is a better way to for to move forward than not, and then to kind of tee up uh, to go home and act upon. Mm -hmm. uh, on these interactions, but it's meant to be interactive. Yeah. So our delegation from the Archdiocese of Baltimore, what kinds of things are you hoping they'll bring back when they when they come back and hit the ground running? Do you have any idea yet, or, or, or is it just kind of we'll wait and see what we hear? Um, certainly, uh, when you go to something like this, the right attitude of mind and heart is to go with openness to the Holy Spirit and openness to, to, to Christ and openness to the other participants. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going with that attitude. 
Uh, that said, we are in the midst of a major effort to re-evangelize the archdiocese, to engage in parish planning based on evangelization, rooted in it. And uh, we'll be sharing some of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We'll be sharing something uh, that I hope has been inspired by my pastoral letter, A Light Brightly Visible. But I'm sure we will learn much more than we will share. Mm-hmm. And there are other dioceses that are doing this same kind of thing already of, of trying to look at the, their local church in the sense of missionary discipleship. Uh, how, do the, how are you hoping to learn from those folks too and see what they've done and, and haven't done and, and how that's going well? Sure, because um, whenever I even go to a bishop's meeting, and uh, sometimes I think the coffee break is the most valuable part of it, because I end up talking to bishops all around the country Mm -hmm. and learn what they're doing and bring back uh, some excellent ideas. I think we'll be doing that in spades Mm -hmm. following the conversation. This will be just kind of... 3,000 people, it's a lot bigger group to, to pick people's brains and yeah. go from there. And we don't want it to be like drinking from a fire hose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah, know, you could try to drink from a fire hose and still be thirsty. I think what we're trying to do is to structure a conversation uh, with a lot of people with a lot of good ideas so that we can distill what we hear. So it's based on seeing listening, judging, acting, Mm -hmm. Uh, so that we come back um, not with just a pocket full of random ideas, but with something that will um, really um, enrich, inspire, and drive forward uh, what we've already begun to do. Great. Well, after the break, we're going to come back and talk more with Archbishop William Lurie about the Convocation of Catholic Leaders, the Joy of the Gospel in America. As this program airs that that, uh, you're listening to on the radio, that convocation is already underway in Orlando, Florida. And so uh, we're looking forward to, to seeing the results. We'll talk more with the Archbishop when we get back. This is Catholic Baltimore, and you're listening to us today. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Brian Johnson, Director of Adolescent Catechesis and Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, Texas, died June 19th. He was 52 years old. Johnson, who grew up at St. Cecilia Parish in West Baltimore, was a nationally known leader in youth ministry. Father Donald Sterling, who is now pastor of New All Saints Parish in Liberty Heights, was Johnson's pastor at St. Cecilia. Father Sterling remembered Johnson as, quote, a typical little guy, very inquisitive with a sense of humor, end quote. Johnson served as a youth minister simultaneously at St. Cecilia and at St. Gregory the Great Parish, also in West Baltimore, from 1988 until 1992. He participated in HILI, the Archdiocese of Baltimore's high school leadership initiative, as a youth, and then he returned as a staff member of the program when he was a youth minister. Johnson left Baltimore for Houston in 1992 when he was offered a position as Associate Director of Youth Ministry for the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. 
Bob McCarty, who served in the Archdiocese of Baltimore's Office of Youth Ministry from 1983 to 1997, said that Johnson originated the call-and-response technique of interacting with a large audience when he started appearing at national youth ministry conferences while he was employed at Baltimore. Read more about Johnson at archbalt.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Eric Zygmunt. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. We're back and talking more with Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore about the Convocation of Catholic Leaders, the joy of the gospel in America going on right now in Orlando, Florida. The call to experience the joy of the gospel and be missionaries of uh, missionary disciples was the heart of the Pope's encyclical. But it's also a centerpiece of what you're doing here, what we're doing here, all of us, in the Archdiocese of Baltimore in, as part of the planning process. Will this convocation really kind of further enlighten that? Do you, do you hope to, to find new wisdom out of the, the sessions you, you will attend? Uh, I certainly do. I, I, I see a great uh, synergy, a great compatibility uh, between what we've been trying to do locally in the Archdiocese of Baltimore in terms of our effort to be missionary disciples, to be that light brightly visible, to revitalize uh, parish life, uh, to bring communities together for their mutual strengthening, um, this is something we have worked hard at. Mm -hmm. and it's been this, going on for a couple of years already. And, and we've not rushed into it. Uh, we have tried to do it, I think, very much inspired by Pope Francis's encyclical on the joy of the gospel. And I think that this will um, help confirm what we are already doing. Mm -hmm. But I am sure it will also give us fresh inspiration fresh determination, and no doubt, no doubt we will benefit greatly from the wisdom of uh, those who are conducting this convocation and our fellow participants. Yes, you've talked throughout the planning process, uh, and you know, especially in A Light Brightly Visible, the pastoral letter that kicked that off, that it's really not enough for us as Catholics to just go to church on Sunday and that's it, we're good enough. We really need to be inviting other people to know Jesus and, and have a personal relationship with him. What does the, having, having an opportunity to go to a convocation like this, to be a part of this, how does that help you 
take that message again to people and remind them that that relationship with Christ is, is so important? Well, first and foremost, uh, this is a gathering of, of leaders uh, who have taken their faith seriously um, and who are intent on spreading the gospel. And it is a moment when there will be a massive strengthening of one another's faith. Mm -hmm. And that is always what has to happen. Those who are missionary disciples are not lone rangers. Mm -hmm. They don't hang out their own private shingle. They're part of a church, part of the body of Christ. And in this body of Christ, uh, we all encounter Christ. We draw our life from him. We are loved and redeemed by him. But we also must be one so that the world may believe. We must be one so that we can encourage and strengthen one another and inspire and inform one another. Mm -hmm. And so I think we will see this happening in spades there. But not to just be a one-time great experience and, and everyone comes and says, wasn't that terrific mm -hmm. here in Orlando? The idea is to come back and replicate it. Mm -hmm. Replicate it not just among the 20 participants from Baltimore, but to replicate it across the archdiocese. Mm -hmm. And we have the tools to do it, uh, but you have to, the tools don't do, do you any good unless you got the faith and the knowledge and the love and the spirit-filled determination to mm -hmm. do so. I'd like to bring that back uh, in buckets. Yeah, it would be like the, the, the first Pentecost and the Holy Spirit comes down and the tongues of fire on everybody and they give one talk and then that's it. They don't do anything else and, yeah. and that just doesn't make sense. So Peter comes back in and says, boy, that went well. <laughs> Uh, let's let's have dinner and maybe I can get that published in vital speeches. Yeah. No, um, this is where we, we we come back and we say, um, you know, let's resolve once again uh, to to get on this course of being missionary disciples. Let us bring to this the joy we experience, the inspiration we experience, and the knowledge the people are doing this same thing mm -hmm. all over the country. So, for example, I could be praying alone in my chapel early in the morning, but if I know that 10 other bishops who are my friends are doing the same thing at the exact time, or I can think of 10 or 12 or 20 or 50 priests mm -hmm. doing it, and I think about the fact that we're all separate, and yet we're all together mm -hmm. um, what a source of strength that is sure um, but I also think there will be not just uh, emotional strength not just spiritual strength but also some concrete good ideas strategies ways forward mm -hmm. that I am sure we will benefit from so when you and the delegation from Baltimore come back I, I understand that you're going to you're going to kind of break that open as a group. What did we learn? How do we take this forward? And then the hope, I would guess, is that all of those people, each of those people in their own ministry, either in the archdiocese or in the parish, will then, they'll go and feed others. And those others will feed others. And mm -hmm. and so the, the 
it's kind of a cascade coming out of the convocation. Yeah, we're going to take it on the road. Mm-hmm. So when we come home, we're going to make sure we uh, have unpacked the richness of these days, and then we're going to take it on the road mm-hmm. so that uh, people understand the research behind the convocation, so that people understand what actually happened there, but more importantly, that uh, we share the fruits, the good fruits of these wonderful grace-filled days. Mm -hmm. I want to switch gears just for a moment and talk about the fact that right now we're in the midst of the Fortnight for Freedom, which has been a cause near and dear to your heart as Mm -hmm. the chairman of the U.S. Bishop's Ad Hoc Committee on Religious Liberty, which just got turned into a standing committee. Mm -hmm. But I know that you have celebrated the opening Mass for the fortnight for uh, several years running, and the closing Mass was always held at the the Basilica in Washington, Mm D.C. This year, though, that closing Mass is going to be at the convocation itself. Mm -hmm. What will that be like, then, to have all your other brother bishops and many Uh, Catholic leaders from around the country to join in that celebration. It's really going to be wonderful. It um, will occur uh, on July the 3rd. That's one day early because Mm -hmm. the final convocation mass is the 4th. Um, But there will be, uh, I don't know, 160 bishops or so. There will be 3,000 leaders there. Mm And a wonderful opportunity. It's the Feast of St. Thomas the Apostle, so it's coming right up. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful opportunity to link religious freedom and mission. And to understand religious freedom not merely as a civil right, not merely as a bone of contention in our culture, but as a great gift of God. And as part of that DNA of the response of love we are to make to God. Mm-hmm. It's part of that DNA for our going out, putting our life on the line to proclaim Jesus Christ and him crucified and going as Pope Francis says so well, beyond our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is the chance under the inspiration of Thomas the Apostle to link freedom and mission in a most beautiful way. And the, the important thing about that is that we don't we aren't looking for these religious rights simply because we want to be able to worship, but mm-hmm. we want to be able to serve people wherever they are, not necessarily because they're Catholic, but because we're Catholic, and that's a part of our part of the heart of, of the faith. Sure. Um, sometimes um, every everyone has to be in favor of freedom of worship. I mean, uh, Franklin Roosevelt proclaimed the four freedoms. 1941 of course he called it freedom freedom of worship but nobody back then thought that also meant restricting it simply to the four walls of of the church everybody understood that worship led to a way of life Mm -hmm. that worship leads to a life of service not only by the part of institutions, but also not only the part of individuals, but also the part on the part of, of ministries and institutions. So religious freedom is a great gift of God, and it brings three things together. The freedom to receive and accept the word of God, to model one's life upon it, the freedom to worship, to receive the grace of God, but word and sacrament 
inevitably lead to service, to mission, to proclaiming the gospel beyond the walls of the church, to educating the young, serving the poor, healing the sick, bringing Jesus Christ, as the Pope says, to the peripheries. Mm -hmm. That's what we use our freedom for. It's not, as some people say, self-referential. We're looking for you know, special treatment from the government. No, we're looking to serve. For example, in Baltimore, Catholic Charities is the largest source of charitable and social services in the state of Maryland, bar none. Um, that's taking our faith and putting it into action. That's what we want the freedom for. And we're saying to the government, we're saying also to those who are worthy opponents in the culture, look, we're not out to harm anybody. We are out to serve. Mm -hmm. We're out for mission. Um, we're using a God-given gift that is constitutionally guaranteed as one of our fundamental freedoms. We're using it for others. We're on mission. And that's a great way to celebrate the 4th of July and Independence Day, isn't it? it sure is. We've been talking today with Archbishop William Lorry about the Convocation of Catholic Leaders, the Joy of the Gospel in America, July 1st through 4th. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Chris. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.